podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Dream Team Professor Podcast. My name is Scott and in this episode we're going to be looking at the top players to target in Game Week 2 of Sun Dream Team. Now we're going to start this episode off by looking at the fixtures for the next couple of weeks. And this is from ffstuff.co.uk, a free website where you can look at things like fixture tickers, um, player data... And we've also now got the uh, Dream Team Tonic Mini League, uh, Tag Team League show in on there as well, which is pretty cool. Um, but anyway, going to the fixtures, I'm going to look at the first um, one to three game weeks or two to three game weeks. Because although we used to plan a, a lot more longer term in the old Dream Team game because you only used to have five transfers, we now get two a week. So although you do want to choose players that you will be keeping long term, um, you've got a lot more flexibility now with these extra transfers. So I'm going to look at around two to three game weeks and I'll bring up each team one by one that I want to target and then we'll have a look at the best players to choose from there. Um, so on this fixture ticker from FF Stuff, um, I've ticked the teams that I'm most interested in at the moment and you can move the little arrows along the top and it will show you how many games each team plays within um, that period of time. Obviously where we're at the start, it doesn't differ too much. But between game week two and game week four, we now have some Carabao Cup fixtures coming up as well. Um, so there are a few teams that play more times than others. And also there's a few postponed fixtures like um, Luton versus Burnley, I think it is. Uh, anyway, so I've ticked Manchester City, Manchester United, Arsenal, Liverpool, Aston Villa, despite their uh, drubbing at the hands of Newcastle, Chelsea, Brighton, Tottenham Hotspur, Brentford and Crystal Palace. The rest, I just don't really think they look worth targeting with the fixtures and the way they've been playing in that first sort of opening game. So we're going to go with those teams to start off with. Another thing to note when highlighting these teams as well, I've gone for the majority of European teams and on Sun Dream Team, the European fixtures count. So it's important to mostly go for teams that are playing in Europe. But we have got those Carabao Cup fixtures in game week three. So we can sort of spread out to a few non-European playing sides. But overall... European football starts at game week five, so we don't want to move too far away from the European clubs, but it is a little bit easier to get back to them now we have two transfers a week. So I'm going to start things off with Chelsea, who had the 1-1 draw with Liverpool in the last game, and I look, thought they looked pretty good for a team that's uh, had a whole new squad or a lot of new players and a new manager. I think they look pretty impressive, to be fair. So I'm going to start with Chelsea in this one, and they have a really good fixture run coming up. So they face West Ham away from home next. Then they face Luton in game week three. Then they have AFC Wimbledon also in game week three in that Carabao Cup fixture. Um, so that could be a good one to target. Also at home. And then Nottingham Forest at home as well. So it's West Ham and then three home games in a row. So that looks really good on paper. And then away at Bournemouth, home to Aston Villa, away at Fulham and away at Burnley. I'm not going to show this many fixtures for every team. But you've got all the way from game week two to game week eight with pretty decent fixtures so I think now is a good time to load up on these Chelsea players and because they had such a bad season last season a lot of these players that are coming uh, coming in a lot cheaper than I think they usually would do um, so I'm going to start with Chilwell who looked really good in that Liverpool game um, he's 4.5 million I think he's probably due a rise in price he, he got six points he's probably unlucky not to score more he had one shot on target one big chance created one assist, and he played 89 minutes. So he got the two points for playing the 89 minutes. He got the two points for the assist. He got one point for a big chance created and one point for a shot on target. Um, he was quite lucky as well. He had a um, goal ruled out for offside. Um, it was quite a way off, but still he's getting in those positions. 
And with Chilwell, if you look at these fixtures, um, I think there's quite a good amount of clean sheet potential there, to be honest with you. But he plays so, so high up the pitch. Even when they were playing Liverpool, he was getting in those um, really attacking positions. They're playing like a back five, so Chilwell was a wing back. But even when they play a four at the back, he does play really advanced. So I think he's a really, really good pick. And we'll come on to my team updates at the end of this video. Um, but he's someone I'm watching very, very closely. Um, then I'm going to go to Colwell at 2.5 million. If you watched my last video with my um, game week one plans, you would have seen that I was planning to maybe bring Colwell in for this run of fixtures um, based on whether or not he starts or not. I don't, even though he did start, I don't feel that much clearer on it because I was expecting them to play with a back four. And I knew DeSassi would be, um, or Axel DeSassi would be competition for him. And Thiago Silva would be um, nailed in that squad. But where they played with three centre-backs, Colwell, DeSassi and Thiago Silva, I can't see them playing three centre-backs against some of these um, less competitive clubs than Liverpool. So I'm still not quite sure. DeSassi scored a goal in that game and he looked quite good as well. So if they do go to a back four... Um, I'm not sure how they'll line up, but some things I have seen online is that Colwell is a more of a left-sided centre-back, whereas De Sassi is more of a right-sided centre-back. So maybe the natural pairing could be Thiago Silva and Colwell. And if that's the case, it probably goes into Colwell's favour a little bit. So I'm probably going to watch him for another week. Um, I was considering him, but I'm pretty sure I'm going to target Chilwell now instead. But if you're looking for someone around that 2.5 price point, I think it's definitely worth taking a punt on him. Then we have Nicholas Jackson at 2.5 million. And I know he's been really, really popular from the start because of his price. Um, he only scored the three points, but again, he looked really promising. Two shots on target. He did pick up a yellow card, but he played the full 90 minutes. And they just don't have that much competition up front at the minute, Chelsea. So I still think that he's going to get a really good run of games. And... Looking at these fixtures, West Ham, um, it's going to be a tough game away from home. But then Luton at home, um, AFC Wimbledon, will he get that game or not in the cup? I'm not so sure. Uh, but then Nottingham Forest at home as well, Bournemouth. These fixtures do look really, really good. And I, I back him to get his first uh, competitive goal here for Chelsea, I think. And this is another interesting one. If you're looking to get maybe some um, Chelsea defence or coverage for those clean sheet points, Robert Sanchez, who signed from Brighton, is listed as the goalkeeper for 2.5 million for Chelsea. So a 2.5 million goalkeeper for Chelsea is really, really good value. Um, compare that to like Pickford for 3 million. Um, Onana's like in the range of four. Um, I think even I think even Ramsdale might be about three and a half or four as well. Ramsdale, Ramsdale's at four as well. So. Robert Sanchez at 2.5 looks like really, really good value. And also, I'm going to keep an eye on this one because I've got Johnston in goal and he done really well the last game. But if he does start struggling, um, this is quite easy to get to from 1.5 to 2.5. So I'm going to keep an eye on him. He didn't get any save points or the clean sheet against Liverpool, but the fixtures do look much better here. And I imagine he was going to get plenty of clean sheets. These are the only people I'm going to be looking to target at the moment. Or, or advising you to target. The other two players that did sort of catch my attention during the game, just because of their um, the, the points that they scored, but I, I'm not looking to bring them in yet, is Enzo Fernandez and Conor Gallagher. Conor Gallagher probably not so much, but I can't ignore that they did get quite good points. So Conor Gallagher got six points um, in that game. He got three bonus points and one point for tackles and then played the full 90 minutes as well. And then Enzo Fernandez. 
and done pretty well on bonus as well, I believe. I'll just have a look again. Enzo Fernandez, he picked up a yellow card, uh, but did pick up three bonus points. One big chance created and played the 90 minutes. So some of these central midfielders, midfield players, they're all action, a bit of chance creation, a bit of tackles and getting bonus points. They could be all right just to tick along. Um, I think Conor Gallagher was at two. 2.5 million and Enzo Fernandez was at 3 million. So if you're looking for a more budget pick, these could be ones to consider. But I think I would just wait and see uh, because Chelsea are, well, I think pretty much have signed Caicedo and Lavia now. So I imagine both of those players are going to be heavily involved in this starting lineup. And I think that could also benefit those defenders. Chilwell, Colwell, if they've got Caicedo or Lavia in front of them joining that um, midfield, I think they're going to be a lot more defensively sound. So they're the players I'm going to look to target from Chelsea at the minute. Then I'm going to come on to Liverpool, who, of course, were in that 1-1 draw against Chelsea. And I'm going to start off with Mohamed Salah. Pretty obvious one, 7 million. Uh, picked up five points against um, Chelsea. Got one big chance created, one assist. He hit the crossbar with his weak foot, which I kind of have a problem with. I know it's a shot on target. and the tar I know it's not a shot on target um, because the post isn't the target. The goal's the target. But it just makes me laugh. He had like Declan Rice shooting from 30 yards out straight into the keeper. Easily collected. You get a point for that, which is kind of strange. Um, hit the crossbar. Nothing. It was a really good shot. But it's just a bit strange how they reward these things. Um, but Salah got 29 goals last season. 15 assists. He would be a really, really good player to target for Bournemouth. And I think he's also a really, really good captaincy option for Bournemouth. If you're feeling the need to get away from Haaland already. I think Haaland's going to be the permanent captain for a lot of the season, but I must say I'm heavily looking at Salah for this captaincy. The only little doubt in my mind is he had a little sulk as he got subbed off, took all his wrapping off his wrists or whatever it was and threw it on the floor and stormed to the bench. Um, hopefully he doesn't get punished by a clock because we don't get vice captains in Dream Team. So if he did end up getting benched and you captained him, that would be a disaster to be honest. Um, but I still am leaning towards doing it myself. Um, so Liverpool face Bournemouth at home, then then at Newcastle away, they've got Villa at home, Wolves away, and then West Ham at home. So that Bournemouth game is a really, really good one to target. Um, they did put up a good game against West Ham, but it was 9-0 in the last home fixture, um, and I brought up the, some of the scorers here. So actually Firmino got two goals and three assists, who isn't there. Um, but the other man on screen, Luis Diaz, he grabbed two goals and he got a goal in that Chelsea game. Um, eight points for him. Harvey Elliott grabbed a goal. Trent Alexander-Arnold grabbed a goal in that game. Also Van Dijk. And I think the other one might have been an own goal. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go with Diaz as well at four million. So he scored a goal against Chelsea. One goal, one shot on target and played 77 minutes. It was a really, really good assist from Salah that one as well. Um, he played on the left wing with Jota through the middle. And the thing I like about Diaz on this game is he's classed as a midfielder. Um, there's a lot of strikers for Liverpool, but Diaz is down as a midfielder at £4 million. Um, Again, I think he's probably going to get a price increase for having um, got eight points and being worth £4 million. So there's been a bit of confusion about that as well. So I'm almost certain that the price changes are going to happen at the same time as the deadline. So you make your transfers, they go through at the deadline. And then once the deadline has passed, you'll have them at the new value. So Diaz, you bring him in now, 4 million. Once the deadline passes, you'll have your team and Diaz will be 4.2, for example. I'm not exactly sure what the increase will be, but he'll be in your squad with that price increase. And then you can make the profit off him there. 
Um, so Diaz, I think, is a good option at 4 million. I think he probably should start again. He looked really good in that game. Uh, one thing to say about Salah that I forgot to mention, um, he did have a goal ruled out for offside as well, which was really, really close. Um, quite an unlucky one. And I think he could have come away with quite a few more points in this game. So hit the bar, goal disallowed, and then just the one assist. So, yeah, if a few of them went in, um, everyone would be scrambling to get him in for this game. But maybe there won't be as many people captaining him as they would have been in that case. The other player I'm going to mention, but I think it's going to be a bit risky, um, is Jota at 3.5 million. Again, if you watched my um, initial video with the team, that I was, I was planning to bring in Colwell for Martinez, and I was looking at maybe bringing in um, Jota for Pedro if uh, Pedro didn't perform, but Pedro did really well. He got 10 points. So I'm going to take the price increase on Pedro and keep hold of him. I'm probably going to put off this Jota move, but... I think he would be a good option. You're going to want to have strikers for this Liverpool game. If you can't get to Salah, maybe you go to Jota. There is a chance that Darwin starts. He didn't start the last game because I think that was after he headbutted someone last year. Um, but yeah, I would. if I didn't have Salah, I would be looking to get either a Diaz or a Jota in my opinion. On to the defence. I know defence would usually be appealing for this Bournemouth game. Uh, and it should still be appealing, really. Uh, but Liverpool haven't looked the best in defence and they still haven't solved this defensive midfielder um, problem they've got. Trent Alexander-Arnold could have had an assist if that Salah goal was um, not offside. So I take it easy on him a little bit, but his numbers weren't that great in that Liverpool game and they didn't in that Chelsea game and they didn't look that defensively secure. So... I think I'll be swerving the uh, Liverpool defence at the moment and you're probably not going to miss out on any price rises from them either. They all scored fairly low um, points, these Liverpool defenders. So I'm not going to bother bringing in any Liverpool defenders specifically for this game. Robertson scored three points, Trent scored two, Konate scored three, Van Dijk scored two and the best performing out of their sort of back line, if you call it that, it would have been Alisson who uh, scored four points for grabbing a couple of saves. But... Overall, although it is a good fixture on paper, mostly any of these defenders that you bring in are probably going to have a little, maybe a little fall in price. So I think I'm going to just swerve it for the time being. Up next, I'm coming to Arsenal, my side. Uh, we got the 2-1 win against Nottingham Forest, which got a bit shaky in the end, even though we did look really dominant in that first half. And for most, most of the game, to be honest, as soon as they got that goal uh, towards the end, yeah, we did start to have a little wobble. But Got it done, um, and Saka scored a brilliant goal, and I'm still going to say he's probably the best player to target at 6 million. 11 points, a goal, two shots on target, massive five tackles as well, and played the full 90 minutes as we expect of Saka. Um, he's got the threat from penalties if we do win one, um, and the goal was just scored from nothing. That's the thing with Saka at the minute. He scored that, a fairly similar goal for England recently. Um, it's very Robin-esque, that finish. Um, and he's done the same against Nottingham Forest, just cutting in and having long-range shots. That isn't something we've seen from him for a long period of time, but he's definitely getting a lot more confident with his shooting from range. Um, and I think that's one of the things that goes into the bonus point system as well. Um, I think shots outside the box it might be. Um, so let me just double-check it. Ah, goals, goals outside of the area get you an extra uh, performance mark on the bonus system. But no bonus points for Saka in that game, but he grabbed a goal, two shots on target, five tackles, and he's just involved in everything at the minute. So I'd say Saka at 6 million is the best player to target from Arsenal. The fixtures do look fairly good. Crystal Palace away, which is always a tough game, but should be one that we win. Arsenal at home to Fulham. 
Then at home to Manchester United. So that's probably our toughest fixture at the moment, but it is played at home. Everton away, Tottenham at home, Bournemouth away, and then game week eight is that massive game against Manchester City. So I think these fixtures look pretty good for Saka. And if you can't quite afford Saka, I think Martinelli at 4.5 is the second best option from Arsenal. Again, played on that left wing. Talk of maybe if Trossard would eat into his minutes, but he did play 86 minutes in this game. Got five points, one assist, one bonus point. And again, it was a moment of brilliance, really. Dribbling down the line, that disgusting assist from him uh, for the Eddie goal. I think that Martinelli, if he can get there, um, I'm not... I quite like the double up of Saka and Martinelli, to be honest with you, if you can afford it. But if you can't afford Saka, I'd definitely recommend getting Martinelli. Declan Rice at 3.5 million. Now, this is a bit of a different one. Probably one I'm going to keep my eye on, but I'm not going to be acting on yet. Um, he got seven points and he's 3.5 million. So he got more points than Martinelli, who got the assist. Um, Declan Rice got three shots on target that game, which I mentioned earlier. Again, this is one part of the new rules. You get a shot, uh, get a point per shot on target. He had three shots on target, most of them from outside of the box as well. Um, it got four tackles, so you get a point for every two successful tackles. And these things just add up, and it was quite surprising, really, the output from uh, Declan Rice. Obviously, you expect him to make tackles, um, but three shots on target um, was quite a lot. So he's really after his first Arsenal goal. Um, personally, I want to see if this is consistent, because I had a little look and... He wasn't obviously getting three shots on target a game. Um, he was getting a good amount of tackles for West Ham, but I did expect that we'd probably have less tackles um, from Declan Rice in a more possession-based side. Um, but yeah, if he can keep up seven points a game, that would be brilliant. But I'm a bit wary that it won't be consistent. So I'm going to put him on the watch list, but I probably wouldn't be targeting him straight away. I think the defensive side for Arsenal is... Got a little bit riskier now that um, Yuri and Timber got injured. Uh, he was really unlucky if he went for Timber because he looked so good in pre-season. Uh, but it looks like he's got uh, a knee ligament injury now, which which is gutting because he has looked really, really good. Um, 3.5 million he cost you. And he was sort of one of the first people to be victim of this new, you have to pay 60 minutes to get the clean sheet. Um, obviously, we didn't get the clean sheet in the end, but you could see the difference in the match centre. As soon as he went off, he finished with zero points and picked up a yellow card in that game as well. So, yeah, disappointing. If you've got him, you want to ship him off now because he's going to go down in price. And I just think the easiest move to do is Saliba at 3.5 million. Same price, safest option. He got um, he got an assist and played 90 minutes. He's not a massive attacking threat, but I just think he's the mainstay in the Arsenal defence at the minute. You had Gabriel that you would have said was a safe option, but more expensive. He was dropped for that game. He came on for about couple minutes at the end um, and then Ben White's a, a bit too expensive in my opinion so I think if you're going to take out Timber and you still want an Arsenal defender I'd just go for Saliba and the last player to highlight from Arsenal if you are looking for a bit of a budget attacker you've got Eddie Nketiah at two million and we did speak about him maybe including him in my team for game week one after the community shield but where we started Havertz I got a bit bit of cold feet about him so I didn't go for him in the end but he did start this Nottingham Forest game and he done pretty well he got, he got a goal a shot on target and played 73 minutes eight points in total but I'm just still not convinced that we are going to start the same striker in every single game it could be Havertz it could be Trossard 
With Martinelli and Saka, I think both of them are pretty nailed. But that striker spot, I think that seems like one that we could swap around depending who we play. So I'm going to highlight him, but I'm not going to be putting him in my team. Before we move on to the next team, if you're enjoying the video so far, please do leave a like and subscribe to the channel to get kept up to date with all the latest Sun Dream Team content. And if you want even more Sun Dream Team content, please do follow the Dream Team Tonic podcast. Our episode on Sunday live for Patreons um, is now free to everyone. That came out yesterday, so you can find a link in the description below to that one. And if you're interested in joining the Patreon community, uh, obviously we have live access to the podcast that are filmed on Sundays. Uh, we communicate with the chat in there, people ask their questions. And then we've got a Discord community, we've got articles, blogs, everything Dream Team, loads of great managers to chat to. So you can check that out with the link in the description below. On to Manchester United. Um, and I thought they was a little bit disappointing in their game against Wolves. Or maybe not so disappointing, but I was actually just surprised how um, good Wolves were, to be honest with you. I uh, thought they would wipe the floor with them, but it wasn't the case. Wolves did actually look like the better team for most of the game. But Bruno Fernandes... I'm going to be looking to still target him. I've got him in my team. I'll be looking to keep him in. They face Tottenham away from home in the next game. So that is going to be a tough one. But I do think if you've gone for a Rashford or a Bruno Fernandes, they're players you're going to want to keep hold of, I think. Unless you're maybe swapping Rashford out for Salah this weekend to take advantage of that Bournemouth fixture. I think if you did go for Rashford or Bruno, you're probably going to want to stick with him for a, a good period of time and let it all play out, to be fair. But um, that Tottenham game, although it does look harder on paper, they're not going to play a low block. They are going to attack Man United. And I think that probably plays into Man United's hands. I do think they play better against these um, teams that end up being a bit more open. And while Tottenham were good going forwards, they were pretty bad at the back as well. So I think there'll be plenty of goals in that game. So if you have got Rashford or Bruno, um, I wouldn't be panicking at this point. Bruno, he had six points in that last game, um, and this pretty much backed up what we were saying in pre-season. Um, he just has such a good baseline of points on this new system. Um, so he didn't score, didn't get an assist, but he had six tackles, which obviously a point per every two tackles. So he picked up um, three tackle points there, one bonus point, and then he played the full 90 minutes as well. So he got two points there, six points in total. And I think that was pretty promising. If you can get a player that's going to score you six points a game when they don't score, don't assist, and he's not a defender. But if they didn't get a clean sheet, for example, um, I think that's a really, really good start. So I'm going to be sticking with Bruno Fernandes. And obviously he's got that um, penalty taker role. And I looked at the heat maps as well on SofaScore. SofaScore is a really good website for stats and stuff like that. And I just wanted to check he looked like he was playing fairly advanced in that game but i just wanted to check that he wasn't playing a bit deeper now mounts in the in the side um, but bruno fernandez was the furthest forward um, out of him and mount so yeah i'm pretty pleased with keeping hold of bruno fernandez um, rashford 6.5 million i mentioned it before he's probably likely to fall um didn't score very well in that game against wolves but he's not going to score very well every week he's not like bruno where he's going to be putting in a ton of tackles and stuff like that. You would expect him to get points for shots on target. I think he did grab one in this game. I, don't, I didn't put his points down here, actually. So let me just bring that up. Rashford got three points in total, one shot on target, 88 minutes played. So quiet game from Rashford. But I just think in this Tottenham game, I, I still would fancy him to score, even though I've gone for Salah myself. Um, I still would fancy him to score in this Tottenham Hotspur game. So it's up to you. But if you chose him... 
you chose him for a reason. I think you probably would want to see out the game. Right, now on to the Man United defence. Now, I really wouldn't be looking specifically to target them for this Tottenham Hotspur game. I do think they will concede against Tottenham. Um, but if you really want that United defence for, say, the Nottingham Forest home game, you might potentially just want to get them in now because, for example, Wambasaka 14 points, Varane, 13 points, Luke Shaw, 7 points, and even Onana, 10 points. Uh, I won't mention the other guy yet. Um, but these these four players all scored really highly, um, and they're going to go up in price at that deadline on Friday, which means if you were to bring them in now, you're going to get them at a cheaper price than if you were to bring them in next week ahead of Nottingham Forest. If they do go on to keep another clean sheet against Tottenham, there's a good chance that these players are going to start getting away for you. So if they are in your long-term plans, you might just want to get them in now. Um, I'm not going to do it. I chose the worst Man United defender out of the bunch. So 14 points for Wan-Bissaka, 13 points for Varane, 7 points for Shaw. I chose Martinez because I thought he was a safe pick that plays 90 minutes. He got booked in the first, well, in the at some point in the first half. It was quite early on for a crap tackle. Um, and then he was subbed at half-time. So I thought they might have subbed him because he was a liability, because they thought he might get sent off. But actually, I brought up a tweet from Ben Dinnery, who's a really good person to follow for um, Premier League injuries. And it says, Rafael Varane confirms that teammate Lissandro Martinez was replaced because of an injury and not due to his first half booking. A little problem on his ankle tendon, he told BBC Sport. We'll see, but I don't think it's a big deal. We'll see how he is this week. So I think if you've got Martinez, you're just going to want to get rid of him. Um, zero points, he's going to go down in price and there's a potential that he could be injured. So I think if you've got Martinez, I would get rid to be fair. Um, but if you were going to look to target some Man United defenders, in the near future, now actually might be the time to do it. Again, not sure if I'd target it specifically for Spurs, um, but I did think Andre Onana impressed. Um, he did, or should have maybe given away a penalty at the end of the game, but other than that, I did think he was really quite impressive, to be fair. So 10 points for him. He played the 90 minutes, obviously, as he's the keeper. They made six big saves as well, um, and got the clean sheet points. So 10 points. Um, if you are looking for a premium keeper, I have a feeling this guy's going to increase in price fairly quickly. So, yeah, probably won't be long before he's around 5 million mark, I think. But I'm going to stick with my budget keeper for now. On to Tottenham Hotspur. Um, and it's not my bias that's made me give them a little bit of a smaller slot here. Uh, I just have less players to target at this point. Um, so they've got a fairly good run of fixtures coming up. But it is after this tough Man United game. So Man United at home. I do think Tottenham can score goals in that one. I'm not sure whether they'll win or lose. They look all action going forward, but they do look a bit leaky at the back. But then they have a good run of fixtures. So they've got Bournemouth away from home. They have Fulham sorry, Bournemouth away, Fulham away, and Burnley away. So three away games in a row, but they are good fixtures on paper. And then they've got Sheffield United at home and then Arsenal away. So actually you've got maybe four good fixtures in a row, I'd say there. And um, so that is a really good opportunity to jump on some of these Spurs players. Um, two that I'm going to highlight, I thought Basuma looked really good in that game. And obviously, normally he wouldn't be a player that you could target in some dream team. But at 2.5 million, um, he could be a value pick, actually. He's got six points, picked up three bonus, which um, the bonus points still seem fairly hard to get hold of, even though they have now fixed it. 
Uh, so three bonus points was pretty impressive. And he had three tackles in that game, played the 90 minutes. So he could be one to watch as a budget pick. Um, but the one that came to my attention the most was James Madison. He looked brilliant. Uh, four million, I think, is underpriced for him. Um, seven points, so he's probably going to go up. He got two assists, one shot on target, one big chance created, and played the 90 minutes. He was on set pieces and put in some really good deliveries. One of them was the assist. Um, so I think that Madison is going to be a really, really good player for Spurs. Um, United obviously isn't the best fixture, but you might just want to get him in now before he goes up in price because then he's going to play Bournemouth, Fulham, Burnley, Sheffield United, and I think he's going to come up with quite a bit of a price increase along that run. So Basuma as a cheap option, and then Madison, I think, a very, very good option. I won't be bringing him in yet, but I definitely am going to see myself having him in my side. Then on to Brentford, um, and they looked really good as well, actually, to be fair. So um, Vissa up front, he is 2 million, so another bar bargain pick up front. Like if you're like me and you've gone for Jao Pedro or you've got Jackson um, or Eddie Nketiah, there's quite a few good strikers around that price point at the minute, and Vissa at 2 million is one of them. He got 9 points, a goal, 2 shots on target. Um, he's another budget pick. I'm still in favour of probably Pedro and Jackson over him. They've got a good run of fixtures coming up, and it could be a good one to target. So they've got an away game at Fulham. They've got home game to Palace. I think that's Newport County in the Carabao Cup, so there might be a bit of rotation there. But even if you come off the bench in that double game week, it could be pretty good. Um, then they've got Bournemouth at home, Newcastle away, Everton at home, and Nottingham Forest away. So apart from that um, Newcastle fixture, um, I can see them taking points at quite a lot of these games here. The, the Palace game is obviously quite tough, but... Yeah, some really, really good fixtures here for uh, for Brentford. So Vissa at 2 million could be an option. But the one that's taken my attention the most is Embuemo at 3.5. Now, if you watch my preseason videos, I wasn't too keen on starting with Embuemo. Um, I opted for Matoma myself. And it was just because there's a lot of talk of Embuemo being the main man at Brentford now that Tony's um, suspended. But... I just wasn't sure that Brentford would be as attacking without um, Tony and that their attacks might suffer. But to be honest with you, they did look really, really good going forward. Still a very direct team. Um, and then Buemo got nine points. He grabbed the goal. It was from the penalty spot, but they do all count. Um, two shots on target. And he was on set pieces as well. And just this run of fixtures looks really, really good. Um, and at 3.5 million, he's going to go up in price, I think, on Friday. So I think I'm going to look to get Mbuemo in for one of my players that's going down in price. But we'll come to that team update in a bit. And then Rico Henry in their defence. So Brentford are a solid defensive side. Um, obviously they did concede uh, a couple in this game against Spurs. But what I did like about Rico Henry, um, he was playing in that uh, left, left wing spot. Let me just double check. Yeah, left wing back in a back five. Um, I put him down as 2 million, actually, he's 2.5 million. Uh, but he got seven points, he scored one bonus point, he had two big chances created, two tackles, and an assist. So, racking up points all over the place here. Um, and I had a look at that um, heat maps that you can see on SofaScore, and he was the third highest player up the pitch, just behind Vissa and Mbuemo. He was really high up the pitch a lot of times in that game. Um, so, if he does continue playing on that left wing back, um, spot in the back five, for example, I do think that he could be a really, really good option at 2.5 million for this run of fixtures. 
Then on to Manchester City, and it seems a bit strange putting them this far down the list because they obviously had a really, really good win against Burnley. But I've just got a few question marks still against Man City, and I think it's no harm to just wait and see with them in some of these occasions. So they play in the Super Cup tonight against Sevilla at 8pm. Now that Super Cup game will not score you points. It's not in the match centre. They've confirmed you will not get points for that game. And then they face Newcastle at the weekend, which is going to be a tough game off the back of that one. So keep an eye on the team news for tonight because that might lead to rotation in the Premier League. Um, for example, if, if Foden plays sort of 90 minutes in the Super Cup, I think someone else is probably going to get the game in the Premier League For as an example. Uh, we had Grealish that didn't play at all in that Burnley game, which was quite strange. Um Maybe he was being saved for this Super Cup fixture. It's really quite hard to tell at the minute with Pep Roulette and all these different changes. They also had a, a load of last-minute um, injury news ahead of that Burnley game. So a lot of you might have had John Stones and maybe managed to get him out last minute. Uh, Diaz was ruled out of that game as well. Um, and they started with quite a strange backline. I think it was um, Rico Lewis, Ake... Kanji and Kyle Walker so I mean if you did change to them last minute when you got the team news fair fair play good, good move you got the clean sheet points but I still wouldn't be convinced that they're going to definitely start the next game so it is going to cause a headache this rotation another one that would be gutted if you uh, gutting if you did bring him in was Kevin De Bruyne um, he came back from injury in that community shield game against Arsenal um, done all right and then he started that Burnley game but he got injured in the first half and now he's out for three to four months. So that's going to be a big miss for um, Manchester City and a bit of a gutting one if you've got him in your team. You'll have to get him out now because he will go down in price. Whether or not that'll open up a spot for someone else, maybe a Foden or Alvarez has been playing a lot more since um, that KDB injury. So they're two to keep an eye on. But the one that I'm going to look to target the most from Manchester City at the moment is Rodri and that is just because he's the safest um, maybe that's the type of manager that I am but I don't want to be bringing in a defender and then find out they're not starting I still am not ready to put in a Foden or a Grealish or an Alvarez just in case they're not starting so with Rodri you know that he's going to start pretty much every game he'll be due a rise because he played pretty much the perfect game against Burnley so he got 15 points got a goal and assist three shots on target one big chance created and five tackles. So 15 points, that's basically the, the perfect game from Rodri. Uh, so he'll be going up in price, and I think he'll be a good one to target, to be fair. Um, obviously, he isn't going to get goals and assists every game, but if he can just create big chances, do the tackles, a bit like Rice, he'll just chip along with a, um, a good baseline score, and then it'll be a real bonus when he does get the goals and assists. So I think Rodri probably actually is the best one to target, just for safety and nailedness at the minute. Um, but I'm sure we will see someone like a Foden or Grealish pop up fairly soon. With this run of fixtures, I do think they're going to keep a ton of clean sheets. So I do think they've got a lot of good defensive options that you could target. I mean, Walker's playing quite a lot of games at the minute. Rico Lewis, I, I mean, he got he got a good score in the last game, but you just know that he could end up getting dropped at some point. They've got Gavardiol, who's um, he did come off come off the bench. Um, it can't be long until he starts starting. And I did see news that Stones. Um, could be fit for this Super Cup game. So, yeah, a lot of players coming back, a lot of options. I think I'm just going to dodge the defence, maybe until that Newcastle game's out of the way and we can look at maybe Sheffield United away and Fulham away. Um, 
I just want to see the same back line for two or three games, maybe, or near enough the same back line and make a decision after that. Then on to Brighton then, um, and they're just a people's team at the minute. They're so good to watch in the Premier League. Uh, 4-1 win for Brighton, and Estrepinion, 3.5 million, got seven points. Um, he was probably one of my easiest picks when I was choosing my game week one team. So exciting, um, so attacking as well for a defender. And he got the seven points, he got an assist, two shots on target, two big chances created. He did pick up a yellow card. But he almost got a second assist as well um, when Ferguson was on. He did set up Ferguson's actual goal. Um, but he also played a pass to Ferguson when Ferguson hit a post as well. So, I mean, if he came away with two assists, this would have been even more. Um, it's just all action, high involvement. And I think he's going to rack up the points in this run of games. Um, they've got Wolves away from home. They've got West Ham at home. Then it gets a bit tougher. So Newcastle at home, Man United away. But in both those games, if someone like Estrepinion... Even if they're conceding a goal like they did against Luton, he could still get attack and return. So I'm still happy choosing him and holding on um, through these tougher games. Then they've got Bournemouth at home, Villa away, Liverpool at home and Manchester City away. And even with these tougher games, like these, these teams like City and Liverpool are going to attack them and it's going to leave space in behind for Brighton. So I still think in the games that are tough, Brighton can still score. So I think... Stupinian is going to be a really, really good option all throughout the season. On to the midfielders, though. And it's the same story as last season. So last season, it was like, is it March? Is it Matoma? Uh, is it McAllister? Um, and there's Gross as well in the equation. And it seems like it's going to be that way again. All of them performed really well. March got nine points for a goal and two shots on target. Matoma got five points with a nice assist. He got a bonus point and a big chance created. And then Pascal Gross got eight points for three bonus points, one shot on target, one big chance created, and two tackles. Um, so yeah, it's it's mad. I think you're going to want to have one of them. It's definitely worth having one of them. They all offer a little bit of something different though, I think. So I think with March, he definitely does seem the better pick for goals. Um, and he does seem to have a lot more shots um, than these other two. So I think stats-wise, and we covered it in the last video, I think stats-wise, March is probably the best pick in midfield. I've gone for Matoma, um, and this is probably a bit of heart overhead. I just love Matoma. Such an exciting player. Uh, got the assist and the bonus points in this one. Just the five points, so he was um, the least high scorer out of these three, but five points I'm not disappointed with. He just done so well for me last season that I wanted to have him again this season, to be fair. So he's performing pretty well still. And then Pascal Gross, I was a bit worried about Gross because um, he, in pre-season, was playing kind of full-back at times. He fills in, in all, a load of different positions. But I brought up one of those heat maps on the screen to show, um, and he's that number 13 there. And as you can see, he was playing mostly central, um, and it was James Milner who started that actually was covering that right-hand side where Gross had been a bit in pre-season. So number six is Milner. Um, playing more in the right right back position and Gross was pretty far forward still so I still think that Pascal Gross could be a good pick I don't think you can go wrong with choosing one of these three defensively um, I would go try and get to uh, Stupinan if you can um, but if not I think Dunk is okay at three million probably is going to go down in price because he did only get two points that Van Heck at 1.5 did score more points than Dunk in that game. Um, so 1.5 million is a really good price. But I'm just not sure that he 
keeps his position. Um, you had Veltman um, come back on the pitch in the 79th minute. And then you have got a few other options um, at Brighton, like the new guy, Julio, that they signed. Um, and I think, I'm not sure where Webster was for this game, but I'm sure he'll be back at some point as well. So I think that Van Heck could be a bit of a risk and I'd probably go for either Dunk or if you can afford the extra 0.5, I'd go for a Stupinian. Right, last two teams and then I'm going to go on to my team update and show you my transfer plans. So Aston Villa, um, although they did get spanked by Newcastle in that last game, I still think Ollie Watkins at 4.5 could be a good one to target. Their fixtures look okay. So Watkins is 4.5. He got five points for a shot on target, an assist and playing the full 90 minutes. I won't cover these points scoring every single week, but while it's new, I think it's a good time to break it down. Um, they face Everton at home in the next game, and I can see them scoring goals in that one. Um, and then they're Burnley away, Liverpool away, and Crystal Palace at home. So they aren't bad fixtures for Ollie Watkins at 4.5. It's just whether or not you think you can get better value elsewhere at the minute, or if you want to go for the big, uh, the big three of Haaland, Rashford, and Salah. Uh, another option from Villa that looked quite promising in that Newcastle game, despite them not doing great, was Moussa Diaby at 3 million. Playing really advanced, almost like a second striker for um, for Villa. So nine points for him, a goal, two shots on target, and played 87 minutes. Um, created a decent amount of chances, to be fair, um, Villa in that game. But they just kept getting caught out over and over again. Um, and because of that, I don't think I'm going to want to target any Aston Villa defenders at the minute. They had Tyrone Mings go off injured as well. So, yeah, I'm not so sure about them defensively, but I still think they're going to score plenty of goals. And then last but not least, Newcastle. Now, I put them low down on this list because they do have a tough fixture run. But that Villa game looked tough on paper, and they, like I said, they absolutely spanked them. So, very impressive um, win for Newcastle. I'm only going to go really for Isak at 4 million. Got 15 points. Two goals, three shots on target. Um, he played 68 minutes, came off for Wilson, and Wilson scored basically straight away. So maybe Isak could have got a hat-trick um, in that scenario. I think we probably are going to see that quite often, these two rotating. But if he's scoring 15 points, um, you can't really complain, even if he does go off in the 68th minute. So, yeah, Isak, decent one to target. They might get opportunities still going forward against these teams. It's probably the best time for... I know Newcastle have got a tough run here, but I mean... Manchester City have got an injured De Bruyne. They're playing the Super Cup. Um, a lot of rotation for them at the minute as well. So maybe this is probably the best time for Newcastle to play Manchester City before they do kick into gear. And then Liverpool as well. I mean, Liverpool, they haven't got that defensive mid at the minute. They looked really, really open against Chelsea. So while these are bad games on paper, I still think Newcastle are going to have plenty of chances against them. And then Brighton, although Brighton are really, really good, um, really exciting, they do give up chances as well. So while these fixtures do look really bad, it might not be the worst idea to have Isak in your team. I won't be doing it, but they did look impressive. Now, there was a ton of other good players, um, or brilliant players, in fact, from Newcastle. Uh, Tonali, Harvey Barnes, Anthony Gordon. Loads of them looked good in that game against Aston Villa. But just because of these tougher fixtures and the rotation, so Gordon's rotating with um, Harvey Barnes, for example. Um, obviously, Wilson comes off the bench, does well, but you've got Isak. So for the moment... I'm just going to wait and see how Newcastle get on before bringing in any of myself. But there are a lot of good picks there. 
Right, here we go. On to my team update then. So, Johnson goal done well. He got seven points for me. Um, clean sheet. Does play Arsenal in this next game. I do think that's going to give him plenty of chances to get save bonus or save points. I'm happy to give Johnson the 1.5 million machine. Um, Estrepinion singing his praises and he's obviously going to stay. Seven points for him. Saliba, I think that's a good game still against Crystal Palace. Uh, Palace did look really good in that last game. Um, Roy Hodgson as well, up for a, up for a scrap. Um, but Saliba, I think he's a good option for keeping those clean sheet points. So I'm going to keep him in. Martinez, however, zero points. Massive disappointment. He's going in the bin. Uh, Bruno Fernandes, six points. Like I said, happy to keep hold of him. Saka with 11 points. Brilliant. Havertz, one that I'm not so so keen on at the minute. Um, reason being, I actually think that he looked fairly good in that game. Um, not doing the things that score you points. He got a bonus point and two points for the appearance. Um, these new point scoring that can come in really will reward people that are having plenty of shots on target, plenty of shots at goal, all the sort of action things. While he did look silky in the build-up and the passing and all that stuff, and I'm fairly happy with him signing to be fair. I know a lot of opposition fans aren't. Um, just, it's, I don't think it's going to be stuff that converts into points. I would like to give him a little bit longer, but I think he's going to go down in price. Got my eye on someone else who I'm going to come on to. Matoma, five points for him. Yeah, I'm happy. Got a good one coming up as well, so I'm going to keep hold of him. Then I had the captaincy on Haaland. Got me 28 points. Going anywhere. Salah with five points. I think he was unlucky. I think he hit the crossbar. Goal disallowed. I think on another day, he could have racked up a few more points there. I'm keeping hold of Salah. Might be my captain this week. And then Jao Pedro. Ten points for him. Um, only two... Two million as well, so yeah, really good price point. What Jal Pedro there, ten points. He's gonna get the pricing. So I'm gonna keep. So how am I gonna use my two transfers? This um, now, just gonna put it out there. This could change. Uh, this is my thoughts at this moment. Um, obviously, team news comes out, any leaks, or injury news, or whatever. I will be changing. I'll try and update it on um, post updates on Twitter or the YouTube page, but letting you know this change um so martinez shocking performance far out so manage game week two team this two um right martinez Tottenham away next game transfer out and then havertz transfer out now i'll big him up this whole episode i think he looked really really good in that last game so i've got 0.5 million in the bank at the minute so i can afford this move um, I'm going to go from Martinez down to Ben Chilwell. I think he's got really good fixtures coming up. He looked really, really last game. I'm going to be putting Chilwell in for Martinez. Then Kai Havertz, 3.5 million. Um, so I've obviously used my 0 0.5 I had in the bank to upgrade Martinez to Chilwell. I'm looking to move Havertz on. Uh, I would love to give him a bit more time. I'm a bit worried that my Arsenal bias is getting in the way here of this relationship. So I'm liking Umbuemo. I know I talked him down at the start of the season, um, but he did impress me um, scoring against Spurs like that. So Umbuemo, penalty taker as well. 
still look pretty um, attacking without Tony. So I'm going to put Mbwemo in. Firm transfer. Now, just so you know, um, I have tried this out and you can still reverse your transfer. Don't worry if you do want to make them in advance. Um, could even be a good idea to make them in advance. Deadline or anything like that. So, Chilwell in for Martinez. Guermo in for Kai Havertz as well. So, Chilwell against West Ham away. Guermo against Fulham away. So, away games, but I think they've got a good run of fixtures both of these guys. Now, the second question here is, uh, who am I going to go for as my captain's pick? Now, at the minute, though, in the 9-0 against Bournemouth, he did not score or assist last season. And he missed a penalty against Bournemouth in the away leg um, last season. I'm still going to take the risk, I think, and put this armband on Salah. The only thing that's worrying me a little bit is whether or not Klopp might drop him for his... Uh, Sulking for his antics after getting substituted. But at the minute, I'm sticking the armband on Mohamed Salah. But have a think about if anything would make me change my mind on this Salah captaincy. Obviously, if we hear we're going to get punished or anything by Klopp, then I would change my mind there. Um, a few stories about him maybe moving to the Saudi League yesterday, but I don't think they came from any credible source. Not really bothered about that. If Haaland goes on and scores like five goals or four goals or three goals and then gets substituted in the 60th minute, might get a bit shaky. Uh, might get a bit shaky ahead of that Newcastle game. It is a home game as well, but I think I'm going to stick to my guns and go Salah captain. So back to front, my team looks like Johnston in goal against Arsenal, Estupinian against Wolves away, Saliba away at Crystal Palace, Gilwell away at West Ham. So games there actually um bruno fernandez away at tottenham Saka away at crystal palace Guermo away at fulham matoma away at wolves then the front three of harland who faces newcastle at home Salah, my captain at home to bournemouth and then jao pedro away to wolves who actually got better than i was expecting when i planned out this team but this is my game week two lineup thank you very much for watching if you enjoyed the video, please do leave a like and subscribe to the channel for all the latest Sun Dream Team content. And a quick reminder, that video with the Dream Team Tonic podcast is now available and I'll put a link in the description below for that one if you're after some Dream Team. So we'll see you on the next episode. Good luck in game week two. Sports Social Podcast Network.